This podcast is sponsored by the Social Enterprise and Crowdfunding Conference. Learn more at secfc.co. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show, where we interview social entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and other activists and change makers. And we're very fortunate to have with us today a super young, uh, remarkable young man named Henry Miller, who is the founder of Henry's Humdingers. He's uh, 17 now, but he started the business when he was just 11 years old. Henry, welcome to the show. Hi, yeah, it's great to be here. Um, Thank you for having me. Henry, you kind of became famous after you were on Shark Tank, so let's start there. Tell us a little bit about your experience on Shark Tank. That's pretty cool. Well, um, yeah, it was. Uh, We applied in about January, and then it took like about a year for the the year and two months because it aired in next March, so... It took a long time to go from applying to getting on. It was crazy because about 35,000 people, they say, applied for this season and only 127 got on. Holy cow. It was pretty crazy. But, yeah, it was a great experience that I know I'll remember for the rest of my life. And hopefully that it, like, put my business on the map and we can stay there. Yeah, so – did they make a deal with you or not? Um, on air um, and in the when I was there shooting the episode, I got offered a deal from Mark Cuban and Robert Hershevik for $300,000 for 75% of the company. But during the six months of negotiations after we shot the episode, the deal ended up not going through. So... Um, we didn't end up getting the deal, and it was just because of business complications. But we're not bitter about it. Um, we didn't. We don't want people to feel that we went in and just accepted the deal with no intention of going through, because we had every intention of going through. It just ended up not working out. So yeah. Well, that happens. That happens. That's that uh, doesn't necessarily mean uh, anybody uh, did it with bad intentions. There's always details to be worked out, and sometimes they can't be worked out. So. Well, it was certainly sounds like it was a fun experience. Now, let's step back. You got on the show because you're an interesting guy. So tell us a little bit about starting this business at age 11. What What's the story? Well, I sat next to a beekeeper on a plane, and I learned about bees and about colony collapse disorder. So I asked my mom for a beehive for my 12th birthday. And I was and right off we got right after we got off the plane, I was already thinking of stuff to call the business and what what to do. And she ended up getting me one for my twelfth birthday. So after that, after I got my first beehive, there was just we just had so much sweet honey. We had no idea what to do with it because it gets really old using honey all the time. So I started looking online for recipes that used honey to get rid of some of it. And I noticed that a lot of the recipes had spices in it as well, not only just the like honey. So I figured the flavors go well together. So why not just make cutting out the middleman and adding spices to honey 
and I ended up creating something that changed my life. So uh, you've started selling these spiced up honeys. Uh, tell us a little bit about your distribution and how that's going. Where you're selling, who's buying. Um, we're selling online, and we do sell wholesale. We do sell direct to people. But the best things to do, if um, you can go on our website and it shows stores in which we carry the pro in which our products are carried, uh, and if it's not in a store near you, you could always order online. But a great thing to help is to go to a local store and request the product. Because, I mean, if enough people request a product, they will try to put it in the stores because that's what the people want. And we've had a couple stores actually order because of that. So, Cool, cool. So uh, you really got in this because of a passion about bees and helping. Uh, tell us a little bit about the social aspects of Henry's Humdingers. Well, um, since I started the business um, because I learned about colony collapse disorder from this beekeeper, I donate a portion of my profits now to the Foundation for the Preservation of Honeybees to help the bees because in the end they are the ones that started the business technically because without the honey I never would have been able to add the spices to it. So. All the credit I feel really should go to them. People well, say, how, how do you make the honey? And I say, well, the bees do. <laughs> That's right. The bees make the honey. So are you still producing enough honey from your own, or are you now buying raw honey from other people as well in order to, to manufacture your finished product? I, that happened a while ago. We just got overwhelmed with the demand for the honey, and my hives just could not keep up. And we lost a couple, two colony collapse disorder, and like a couple of bears. And um, I have about, I don't have very many left, but I still have some. But yeah, I do buy other raw honey in Washington State. And yeah, make sure, I make sure all the honey's raw though. That's great. How how are beehives doing? Has the problem gotten worse since you started your business, or has your activism helped to alleviate the problem? Are beehives doing better now? It's it depends because in some areas they're doing the bees are doing better. Um, people haven't completely figured out the definitive answer for the problem yet, and I don't know how much exactly I have done. But I know I haven't done anything wrong. I, ha I know that even if I didn't do all the work, that just the fact that me helping, I hope, helped something in some way. And I just don't, um, it's hard to put in words, really. But I just want to make sure that it didn't go unknown to people. Because I know I've. Uh, I know I've educated a bunch of people on bees, and I hope to just make sure people aren't afraid of them, as a lot of people are. Sure. What are some of the causes of the hive collapse, and is there something that we should be doing uh, collectively to help protect the bees? Well, they feel that one of the main causes is systemic pesticides, where the pe where the seeds have the pesticides already in them, so they grow with them in them, that it's not nearly enough to do anything to humans, but in low dosages to the bees who are collecting the pollen, they feel like it can kind of get in the bees' heads throughout the hive and just kind of kill it internally. 
and a lot of the organ, a lot of the what's what I'm like, factory farming, where they just have these huge fields and they do and they do um, stuff like that to prevent pests. It's not always the best, I feel. So organic food is always is always great, or just local farmers markets. Sometimes, even though it costs a little bit more, I feel just letting business, like big business owners, know that it's not necessarily the best thing to do that stuff to the environment. Sure, sure. The bees are paying the price for our uh, our gluttony. It sounds like. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Henry, what's the website where people can go and learn more about your products and where to find them and buy them? That would be henrysumdingers.com, and you can check out our online store from there. And if you want to buy some honey, that would be great too. But we have more in-depth stuff of, our, of my story and our flavors that we have currently. What are the flavors that you've got now? I have four flavors. I have Grumpy Grandpa, which is red cayenne pepper and garlic, Naughty Nana, which is pepper and ginger, Phoebe's Fireball, which is Chipotle and cinnamon, and Diabolical Dad, which is habanero and lime. Which is your favorite? I got to say that my favorite would probably be the Diabolical Dad at this point. I feel like it goes really well on chicken, and I love to eat chicken. So uh -huh. my favorite right now. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, Henry, I really appreciate you taking time for us this afternoon. It's great to connect with you, and I wish you every success in what you're doing. Thank you. It's been All right. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devon is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com. The one-of-a-kind social enterprise and crowdfunding conference on September 26, 2014 at the spectacular Snowbird Resort near Salt Lake City will bring together leaders from across the country in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. Register before August 31 for just $60 at secfc.co. The roster of speakers will include Rodney Sampson, author of Kingonomics, Francis Batista, the leading animal rights advocate, and other luminaries. See the full list of speakers at secfc.co. Social entrepreneurs attending the conference will have the opportunity to pitch real investors at the conference. Nonprofit leaders will also be given an opportunity to make a pitch for microgrants and to conduct a one-day crowdfunding campaign during the event. Learn more at secfc.co.